Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here riding solo today. Got a bit of a solo pod action happening here. And uh, as usual, when that is the case, the podcast might be a little bit shorter. But also, uh, what I like to do when I'm by myself is include you guys, include the listeners, go through some of the tweets, some of the comments that we've got uh, over on Twitter from uh, the last few days, the last week or so. I already mentioned yesterday uh, a situation that I am going to talk through in the coming days a detailed trade situation from one of the listeners i'm going to get to that in just a little bit but a bunch of comments particularly around the oppenheimer signing for the bucks and the restart of the season and a bunch of general stuff so i'm going to work through that also derek rose a number of questions and uh i guess scenarios where the bucks could pick up derek rose so i'm going to dive into derek rose a little bit later on this podcast i know uh, a bit of a polarizing name when it comes to potential guys that the Bucks could acquire, uh, even from my own point of view. Uh, from what I'm going to start with here today, though, uh, yesterday we spoke about the possibility of the season starting around December 22, December 23, around that mark. I think the prospect of that for most basketball fans is pretty exciting. It's pretty cool to think that basketball could be uh, really under 60 days, under two months away until we're back watching the Bucks again. There's plenty to develop uh, between now and then. Mark Spears has just tweeted uh, a little while ago here that they would expect training camp to start on December 1st. Now, a December 1st date for training camp is really interesting for a number of reasons. First of all, the fact that the... NBA season or the NBA draft would be on November 18 and then training camp to start on December 1st with free agency somewhere in between there is quite remarkable because you think usually, and let's go back to the Dante DiVincenzo situation. Let's think about this. Dante DiVincenzo drafted by the Bucks in June, gets to summer league, plays in Las Vegas, still has a little bit of time off, work on his game, join the team generally around September for a mid-October start to the season. So that amount of time in between, the Bucks make a, a bunch of moves with their roster. They go through free agency. There's plenty of time to organize this type of thing. This year, it's going to be out the window if they start on December 22. You're going to have uh, fewer than 14 days to get your draft pick acquainted with the franchise, to get your free agency situation done. Potentially, there are still moves being made after training camp has started, players might not know where they are playing. Signing contracts might be still happening at the time. So it is going to be an insane uh, little period here for us to work through, certainly on the podcast, but as basketball fans uh, on Twitter, running through all the possible scenarios uh, that could occur, it's going to be crazy. I don't think there's ever been a time like this and it's exciting uh, for, for everyone, but perhaps a little bit anxiety driven as well. So make sure... 
uh, you let us know. Let me know uh, how you feel about this whole situation. Are you ready for basketball to come back? Are you ready to dive in and get started in a nullar Bucks season? Remember, at Locked on Bucks, you can get us anytime you like or LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Frank uh, mans the email inbox uh, over there. The one thing that came out today that was kind of interesting, Danny Green, I believe this was on a Ringer podcast, Danny Green suggesting that this season starting in December would be too soon and that he wouldn't be ready to play at that point and even going as far as saying that he wouldn't expect LeBron to play for the first month of the season. Now, come on, Danny. I don't know what you expect the NBA to do. Do you expect the NBA to sit back and say, well, the Lakers aren't happy about it. They made the NBA Finals, so we're going to make uh, these other teams. We're going to make Detroit. We're going to make Atlanta. We're going to make the Knicks. We're going to make uh, all these teams that did not come to the bubble wait even further because the Lakers are old and they don't think that they're ready to play an NBA season. I don't think so. That is not going to be the case. We said yesterday that this thing ultimately is going to be driven by money. And yes, uh, beneficial for LeBron James for this season to start before Christmas as well. So is it ideal for the Lakers? Perhaps not. But I can't really see a situation where LeBron James would not come back to start the season. And again, uh, eight of the franchises have not played basketball since March. A number of the teams were done really by the start of August. So if you think the start of August through to December, you've got over four months where some of these teams haven't been doing anything either. These guys are going to be ready to play. So I thought it was a ridiculous take. I don't think it was you know, really well thought out. I think it just came off the cuff for Danny Green. But I don't see any situation where these players are not going to be saying, uh, yep, let's get this season going. Let's get the 2021 season underway. Uh, not in a bubble. We will have our relative freedom. Yes, there's plenty to work through when you consider travel, when you consider coronavirus and everything that's still going on in the US. But I think for the most part, you're going to see players uh, ready to go. I know, uh, and this might make some of the listeners laugh. I, I try my best when I'm solo not to bring up anything Australia related, but sometimes sometimes it just happens. But I do know, I was speaking to Matthew Delvadova uh, going back all the way in May now, I believe this was, so a long time ago. And he said he was going crazy. He's ready to play. He wanted to come back. He wanted the Cavs to be in the bubble because he did not want to have six, seven, eight months off playing basketball. Uh, that's just one example that tells me uh, that these guys are going to be desperate to get going. As far as the Bucks go, I do think that there is something to be said for the continuity of the Bucks roster. So we've spent the majority of the last month or so discussing trades that the Bucks could make. I think Milwaukee overall benefited last season from coming back with a similar team. I do wonder whether the shortened free agency period, whether the compressed time between now and the start of the season or the projected start of the season might have an impact in regards to how teams navigate this offseason. We know it's not the greatest free agent class of all time. We already understand that. I do think that the Bucks will benefit coming into the season. We spoke on yesterday's podcast with Justin Garcia about the potential for the schedule to favor the Bucks. If there's plenty of in-division games, Milwaukee should be favored in the majority of those, which will help a lot. I think also bringing back largely the same core and there might be pieces moved here and there and I think for the most part we hope there are but the the general core of the Bucks is probably coming back the continuity of the majority of the roster again coming into year three together will put the Bucks in a really great position I think 
to hit the ground running. Giannis might be a little bit disappointed because he does seem like he's having a pretty damn good time out in Greece right now. He was on a, a boat today, I think. Uh, he, he's playing a chess with Mariah, his, uh, his partner there. His brothers are on board. He looks like he's having a fantastic time. He might be the only one that is really disappointed because he has to actually leave Greece and come back and get to work here in the next couple of weeks because if I was him, I would want to stay out on that boat where he is out there. But uh, just really curious, really fascinated to see uh, how this impacts uh, not only the Bucks but the rest of the league and in the player movement and what happens with contracts. We're still waiting to hear on the salary cap as well. But uh, fascinating, fascinating. There has never been an off-season like this one. I, for one, am absolutely thrilled that basketball is going to be back uh, ASAP here because uh, I miss it already. I miss it. This is a giant hole in sports for me. So uh, I'm ready to go with Bucks basketball again, albeit I'm not sure whether it's looking like I'm going to be back in Milwaukee uh, potentially anytime this season. I hope I can get back. But with the way things are in international travel and the way it is, it, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And that does make me uh, a little bit sad. I will say that. Uh, before we move on to today's podcast, I do want to talk about rockauto.com, our fantastic sponsor of the show. They've been with us for quite a while now. We know Rock Auto is the family business serving auto parts customers online. They've been doing that for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for you as they are for the professionals. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in their how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's dive into some of the listener comments, questions, tweets now. I want to start with one of a regular commenter and regular listener. We appreciate this man greatly. Anil Source asked whether, and this was going back a little while here, he said he's seen so much trade talk amongst fans. I thought maybe you guys could do a grade the trade type mailbag where we all just send you hypothetical trades and you talk about the ones that are most interesting to you. I love the idea. We've got plenty of time here. We spoke yesterday about the fact that there's a little bit of a black hole between now and the NBA draft on November 18. Now, that's not to say that trades couldn't happen prior to that. And Frank last week certainly outlined perhaps the heightened value of pick 24 for the Bucks, if you trade that before the draft, just purely by virtue of once you take a prospect, uh, you limit what that asset is. Whereas before the draft, if you move pick 24, the possibilities are wider for the team that acquires that pick. So it's not to say that trades can't happen in the next few weeks here. And in fact, um, there's potentially a chance that that would be more beneficial for the Bucks to do so if they're going to trade pick 24. But I like the idea. I like the idea. So uh, I know. Uh, from the fans and from Twitter, the, the trade machine has been getting fired up like crazy. So if you want to send through any trade uh, scenarios, possibilities, trades that you've spoke about, hit us up, tag at Lockdown Bucks in your trade scenarios, and we will uh, have a trade episode. We'll have a trade mailbag episode, whether it's with Frank, whether it's with Justin, whether it's with Camille, uh, whoever it may be, uh, we will run through all those. So I love that idea right there. 
Tom Onga. Again, I always say this, if I've got the last name wrong, I apologize for that. But Tom Onga asked the question whether Andrew Bogut has any miles left. Now, the, the simple answer to that is no. I thought he was actually pretty good. He was okay in his return for the Golden State Warriors uh, last season. Obviously went down in the finals to the Raptors, but Bogut was looking pretty good there. The problem for Andrew Bogut was that he went from his first season with the Sydney Kings uh, over my way in the NBL. Fantastic. Won the league MVP. He, he, he just looked great. He looked healthy for the first time. I'd seen him in a long time. I thought the reduced schedule of the NBL, they only play around 30 games. That helped him out a lot. I think that was beneficial for his body. But then he went from the NBL straight over to the US to the NBA, which then went straight into Australian national team duties, which rolled into the FIBA World Cup. Uh, and then straight back into the NBL. And last season, uh, speaking to Andrew recently uh, in an interview I did a couple of months ago with him, uh, he was just broken. He just said, listen, my body was was not in good shape last year. I was able to get through the season just, but uh, it was a struggle. It was a real battle, uh, even with the reduced schedule to play. So, no, Andrew Bogut's not coming back to the NBA. And, in fact, uh, it's up in the air whether he comes back and plays basketball at all because... Uh, the Olympics were postponed. I, I think he well and truly had the 2020 Olympics as his swan song, hoping to pick up a, a medal with the Australian national team. Uh, because that's been delayed by another year, we don't know whether he's playing in the NBL this year. He uh, has certainly stepped away from the Sydney Kings for the time being. So Bogut certainly uh, has got nothing left in the tank. But I think for the most part, still a favourite of Bucks fans. So I appreciate any type of uh, Bogut question there. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. Uh, covers the Bucks often at Fiserv Forum. Uh, when I mentioned Josh Oppenheimer and the fact that it seemed like the ultimate Giannis move, he said, how about Sweeney then? And I had a few people mention Sean Sweeney because uh, it, it was interesting to note that Sweeney kind of overtook Oppenheimer as the Giannis guy. And Giannis and, and Sean Sweeney obviously worked together for an extended period of time. And then obviously uh, Ben Sullivan, as we mentioned yesterday. So uh, I wouldn't expect Sean Sweeney to come back anytime soon, uh, but you uh, never really know about that. Michael Drew, last week when we were speaking about the biggest threats to the Bucks in the East, Michael Drew said, are the Bucks going to get any better? Well, that's the big question. If they come back with largely the same roster, uh, they'll be very good and they'll be a playoff team and they'll probably be a, a home court team in the first a round of the playoffs, there's certainly potential that they could be the number one seed again. But I think that the, the threat or the fear of Bucks fans moving forward is that they don't want to be the same team. We don't want this Bucks team to get to the playoffs again with a great regular season record, but nothing really changes schematically or personnel-wise in the team because it would be hard to have faith that they would be able to figure out the deficiencies that have brought them down over the last couple of years. JB, at JB underscore 4723. He says, I think that if Giannis doesn't sign an extension this year, then the Bucs need to go all in for a huge move, possibly like James Harden or maybe even Paul George from Middleton Swap. This is really fascinating. I've seen a little bit of this on the timeline over the last week or so. Again, when we talk about the shortened offseason, what does that mean for Giannis and signing an extension? Maybe nothing. If he's already made a decision, then maybe it means nothing and there's nothing to worry about there. But I do have some concern that this would 
maybe complicate the situation too much and then the season starts and we know Giannis once the season starts he's not going to want to talk about contracts he's not going to want to uh, have that out there and he's not going to provide any comments on it certainly to us to uh, to the media so I think there's a couple of things that can play out here with the compressed off season with the fact that he's not actually eligible to sign that extension just yet that time period is going to come very close to the season I do wonder whether this is going to impact his decision this off season because clearly the best case scenario for the Bucs is if Giannis signs any type of extension. Again, I've said this plenty of times, but Supermax would be unbelievable, but any type of extension, I want it. Give me that two plus one. How? I'll take a one plus one. I don't really care. Give us another two years that would of Giannis when you include uh, next year, obviously, under contract as well. So any type of extension I'm all in on, I do just have some sort of fear that this would complicate that. And with everything going on and with all that being said I'm not sure whether this would be the offseason that the Bucks would make a move like that so <laughs> I, I understand the theory behind it and I, I think for the most part we've spoke about this I don't think Harden and Giannis I'm not sure that they would ever be paired together anyway but I, I don't know anyone out there that would as much as you might not like James Harden that wouldn't say you got to give me the chance to pair Giannis with Harden? Yeah, we're going to go do that. So I, I will say that. I, I don't think that there would be any trade uh, that I would probably say no to. I'd say, you give me the opportunity to put Giannis and James Harden together? Yeah, I'll take that every single day. So I, I will say that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I can certainly understand why it's a talking point a little bit among Bucks fans. All right, I brought this up at the start of the pod. I hinted to wrapping up the show with this conversation. Now, uh, this tweet comes from a suspicious username, a suspicious Twitter name here. D-Rose to the Bucks is the app. So you can probably understand what this Twitter user wants. It says, Locked on Bucks. Listening to the podcast on my bike ride, uh, talk about Derek Rose coming to the Bucks. Pistons are blowing up. We could get him for cheap. So Derek Rose contract for 2020-2021, uh, $7.6 million. So certainly it, it contracts a salary that is attainable. I, I feel like a lot of the trades we've come up with, we've been scrambling to figure out how we could put a, a package together to acquire those. Um, uh, $7 million is clearly something the Bucks could package together. What they would actually have with Detroit to make that happen, I'm not 100% sure. Certainly. Derek Rose is not the type of player that you would be trading a Dante DiVincenzo or someone like that to the Pistons. I know Detroit, you know, from where they are, uh, they would probably want some sort of young asset. I think the fact that there's only one left, one year left on Derek Rose's contract does make it a little bit challenging because I, I don't know what kind of trade you would have to organize there. But certainly Derek Rose and Luke Kennard, another player in the Pistons, uh, that the Bucks were linked to going back to the trade deadline. Derek Rose, and we know this, Frank and I have spoken about this multiple times. I personally am not excited about the prospect of the Bucks uh, even thinking about Derek Rose. We know the types of guys they've had in the locker room over the last couple of years in particular. They've always spoke so much about uh, character, high character guys, guys that aren't going to cause any types of issues in the locker room. Uh, Derek Rose, from all reports, has been a fine teammate over the last couple of years. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm just not sure whether the Bucks would go down that path of acquiring Derek Rose. I think for good reason. A lot of people would have an issue with bringing Derek Rose in. I probably would be one of them. 
But if I'm going to talk purely about the basketball on-court side of Derek Rose and what we've seen over the last few years, uh, you have to give this guy credit for what he's been able to do. Certainly, coming back from the injuries that he has had, we all know that. 2018-19 season with Minnesota, Derek Rose averaged 18 points per game. Actually shot 37% from three. And last year with the Pistons, 18.1 points per game uh, on around 15 shots in just 26 minutes. So he was firing his shots up. There's no doubt about that. He was on the Pistons team where the opportunities were there to score. But, you know, you have to be honest, it's been a pretty impressive return to form for Derek Rose over the last few years. Certainly back in uh, the end of the 2016 season with the Bulls, he looked like he was basically finished. He was extremely inefficient. Uh, He didn't look like the same guy that we'd got to know for Derek Rose. Some of the numbers on cleaning the glass here for Rose that 13-14 season with Chicago, he's shooting at the rim just 47%, 53% the year after, and then back down to 48% in his final season with Chicago. He looked finished. He didn't really have that explosion. He didn't look like he had the confidence to get to the basket. But if you look at the last two years, again, with Minnesota and Detroit, 62% at the rim uh, in 18-19, and then 64% last year for the Pistons. If you watched him play with Detroit, he did have that explosion back. He did have that speed back. Uh, maybe not peak MVP, Derek Rose, but certainly still an explosive scorer. The one thing that he can do is, is score in the pick and roll. He can get his own shot. He's a money player from the mid-range. We know that. He was 47% on mid-range uh, jump shots uh, last season, which puts him in the 88th percentile. 82nd percentile overall for all mid-rangers. And probably the fascinating thing with Derek Rose when you look at these numbers on cleaning the glass is his three-point shooting from the corner, 48% in 18-19, and then 50% from the corners with Detroit. Now, it's not a high volume. He wasn't out there very often. But I think if you were talking about the fit with the Bucks, the one thing you have to understand is Derek Rose is going to be a gunner when he's with the second unit. There's no doubt about that. He'll be the guy that has the ball in his hands and he will score. But he's probably also going to be a guy that you would say, okay, you can be in our closing lineup with Giannis, with Chris, and you're going to have to be off the ball a little bit. Certainly, you can run pick and roll. We know you're a high-frequency pick and roll player. In fact, he was the highest pick and roll ball handler frequency player in the NBA last season, up above 55%. But the fact that he can also stand in the corner, uh, be a cutter, and finish at the basket, very, very important to note that that has been a feature of his game over the last couple of years because we know overall, and particularly from above the break where he shoots a lot of those threes, uh, it hasn't exactly gone well for him at all. If you look at those numbers, uh, pick and roll numbers that I just mentioned, 55.2% is that frequency for Derek Rose. That has him above uh, everyone, but uh, certainly in the same ballpark as players like Trey Young, uh, Damian Lillard, Ja Morant, Chris Paul as well. So right up there with the guys that we all associate with pick and roll, ball handlers, guys that have the ball in their hands that can score, also create. I think the one thing that Bucks fans are excited about most is we need to get a ball handler, a, a point guard that can handle the ball and use Giannis as that screener, as that guy diving to the hoop, so he's not always the guy that has to put his head down and charge towards the basket and not only pick up offensive fouls, but put his body through the physical turmoil that we've seen Giannis do over the last couple of years. Uh, just for comparison, the points per possession for Derek Rose as a pick-and-roll ball handler, 0.94. Uh, funnily enough, uh, Chris Middleton, 0.99. Eric Bledsoe, 0.98. Better, more efficient, 
in points per possession, but certainly the frequency a lot lower there. Chris Paul, obviously for uh, you know, very obvious reasons, uh, another target that the Bucks would love in this scenario, certainly my preferred option out of these two uh, points per possession up at 1.08. Chris Paul is an elite pick and roll ball handler. We know that. So Look, I, I just thought it was worth at least bringing up because we have had a number of listeners have, have questioned about Derek Rose. Again, uh, not a target that I'm really that interested in. Certainly the on-court, the basketball stuff, he's played well over the last couple of years. There's still a question mark over his availability. Uh, we know with Derek Rose, only played 50 games last season, 51 uh, the season just gone. So there's still a question there over his availability. I think the fact that his minutes have gone down, he's accepted a bench role, is certainly a tick in his box for a guy that, that could come in and be a bench scorer because the Bucks really struggled with that. George Hill, 9.4 points, but not really a reliable guy. He was getting the bulk of those points from the three-point line when he was shooting really an unsustainable 50% from out there. Dante DiVincenzo, we know he's up and down, although uh, you would be hoping he would get a uh, would have a step up next season. But then you Kyle Corvers there, Sano Yusovas, Pat Connaughton's, Robin Lopez is they're just not scorers. So it's certainly a position that the Bucks have lacked having a scorer off the bench. So I can, I can understand why there's some interest there. Uh, not my priority, not my target, but let us know. Are you, are you willing to, to take on Derek Rose? Again, the salary is not a, a huge factor. The Bucks could probably trade for him if they wanted to. Certainly the skill set is probably something the Bucks need. Uh, there's just plenty of other reasons why. Uh, I, I probably don't want Derek Rose on the box, and really it's as simple as that. I think I will leave it there, though, for today. So we've gone through the start of the season again in a little bit more detail. Uh, I've spoken to Derek Rose just now and gone through your listening comments, which uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy when we get to, to speak about what you want to hear about. So keep hitting us up at Locked on Bucks, of course, lockedonbucks at gmail.com. Uh, Frank will be back at some point. He's, he's given himself a well-deserved off-season. He's pretty busy with work right now. Of course, uh, uh, Justin is, is here very regularly. And uh, I'm working on guests. I'm working on guests to get them on the show and keep you guys interested as well as we really uh, prepare to turn the corner into November and head full steam towards the NBA draft and free agency and, <laughs> and now the season. So keep the questions coming. Keep the comments coming. I uh, really appreciate you listening. Uh, I don't say this a lot, but uh, feel free to leave a review and the five stars on wherever you listen to us. Uh, that really does help us out and we really appreciate that. But for now, for me, goodbye right now. Stay safe out there and I will be back tomorrow.